Welcome to another edition of the Leadership Podcast Series from the Resource for Leaders, leadernetwork.org. Nito Cobain is a remarkable leader with an amazing story. Nito came to the United States over 40 years ago at the age of 17, able to speak virtually no English and with only a few dollars in his pocket. Decades later, his accomplishments and leadership success are immeasurable. He has influenced countless individuals through his speaking and consulting engagements and the numerous books he has authored. He has received numerous accolades for his prowess. As a philanthropist, his foundation has given millions of dollars in scholarships to help students pursue education. Currently, he is chairman of Great Harvest Bread Company. And Dr. Cobain is the president of his alma mater, High Point University. I am Brian McCormick, and I had the pleasure of speaking with Nito Cobain about leadership. Enjoy Nito's insights on leadership in our conversation that follows. You could start by telling me if you have a favorite quote. Uh, if I have a favorite quote, yes. It's by William Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Okay. And uh, the quote is, always give without remembering. Okay. Always receive without forgetting. Oh, okay. Terrific. How about a favorite book and why? A favorite book? Well, gosh, I have many, many favorite books. I don't know that I could just pick one. A favorite book. Let me see. Um, that's always a dangerous thing when you name one book. <laughs> Well, you can pick a you can pick a few if you yeah, like. Yeah, it sends uh, it sends. But I'm gonna do I'm gonna do something crazy, and I would say uh, I'd say a book that I've written. Is that okay? Terrific. Yes, definitely. All right, and it's called How to Get Anything You Want. Okay. And I'll tell you the why. The why is because my mother was the most influential person in my life. Okay. She had fourth grade education. And yet she had so much wisdom, and I summarize much of that in that book, which we have given so many copies of it uh, to um, people all over the world. Sure. Translated in about 20 languages. So it's not my favorite because I think it's the greatest book written. It's my favorite because it reminds me of the connectivity uh, for wisdom with a woman who didn't have a formal education. Excellent. And yet this book went on to help so many others. Okay. How about um, any other books that you would recommend that aspiring leaders should read? Well, sure. And that's, that's a good question. Um, there's a book called, um, make sure I get you the right, the right, um, the right title for it. Roger Ailes wrote an excellent book called You Are the Message. Okay. Ailes, A-I-L-E-S. Got you. Carl's, uh, K-A-R-L, Albrecht, A-L-B-R-E-C-H-T, or a book called Service America. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, sort of doing business with leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What about if you had to identify your current personal passion 
what would you say that would be? My current personal passion is to provide uh, a holistic education to the students at Hypo University who come from 51 countries and 42 states. Okay. And that means uh, not only give them uh, a solid education in the disciplines that they want to major in, but also provide them with an all-around understanding about the wisdom and the, um, and the uh, values that they must have to excel in an ever-changing marketplace. Okay. Now, how would you say that that is being, or had been being done in the past, you know, over the past few decades at your average college in America? Well, I would say that uh, colleges, by definition, focus on, um, on uh, you know, uh, teaching people the skills and the competencies in their primary uh, disciplines, you know, whether it's chemistry or whether it's uh, history or business, or whatever the major might be. Um, but that, and that's, that's what they saw the role as being. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm trying to uh, show people how to have a total education, which means uh, master, you know, communication skills, uh, relational capital, getting along with others, uh, fiscal literacy, the kinds of things that allow you to graduate from a college and go on to have a solid business and, and, and excel with other people who are also educated who also have a sense of understanding about life issues. Sure. Terrific. What about if, if you had to identify your dream, would that be any different than your personal passion? Well, my dream, you know, I mean, it depends what category we're talking about, but my dream for what I'm doing at the moment would be to make High Point University an outstanding institution that is extraordinary at all levels and that attracts some of the finest students in the country and that has a very solid fiscal standing, financial standing, for generations to come. My, my larger dream would be to ensure that every student who um, is accomplished and who is focused uh, can get a university education and go on to follow their uh, aspirations in a way that bring them both profit and uh, privilege. Sure. Okay, switching gears on you a little bit, what would be the place in the world that you most like to visit? Either that you would most like to visit that you haven't been or a place that you really like to to be. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I I like the city of Paris. Have been many times. Continues to be my probably all time favorite city. Okay. And um, uh, but there again, you know, it depends. Go for what purpose? But sort of a general answer would be Paris. Okay. What about? What would be the experience or the experiences that have been vital to your development, making you the person and the leader you are today? Well, a primary, a primary um, turning point is the fact that my father died when I was four years of age. And uh, I like to say, you know, if I, could, um, if I could change one thing in my life, I would have much rather have had a dad who would have, you know, seen me in his lap, read me a book, etc., 
Um, so my mother brought us up, and, and that was a, a mega turning point. A second turning point, of course, is coming to America at age 17 with no English and uh, no money and uh, no connections and learning how to survive and thrive. I imagine that was quite a challenge. Yeah, it really was. What would you advise someone who is coming to America now that was in a similar situation to what you are were in? Well, number one, learn the English language because that's the, um, the, land, the primary language of the land, so you've got to really learn how to be flowing and fluid in the use of the language. Okay. Number two, um, have a, a solid desire that is backed up by a, um, uh, by a commitment to excel. In other words, have tenacity, don't give up, understand that it takes hard work and smart work to achieve anything of value in life. Uh, and number three, uh, walk hand in hand side by side with uh, great people. Sure. Would you, if you had to categorize, would you say there's some complacency in, in the youth of America today? Well, I'm not sure there's complacency. I think there's some comfort because they grew up at a time that America is very uh, affluent. And so uh, they grew up at a time that they have had many resources available to them. And so that's a natural, obviously, uh, that, that therefore, um, you know, they're more relaxed about issues of achievement because so many of them have had so much, you know, come their way. Sure. I, you know, I, could you talk a little bit more about that last point you had made uh, about um, who you associate with, associating with the people? Yeah, in other words, who you spend time with is who you become. Okay. So if you hang around successful people, you're much more apt to become successful yourself because that's what you focus on, that's what you see, that's what you understand, and that's what really works for you. The same thing goes for, you know, uh, what you choose is what you get. So to make good choices, you have to hang around people who are making good choices. Sure. And so, you know, if if you want to be uh, someone who succeeds in business, you need to hang around people who are successful in business and learn from them some of the methodology that, that makes them successful in business. Sure. Also, you are, your level of, of achievement is limited only by your exposure to um, certain levels of achievement. For example, if you hang around people who uh, have simple jobs and make a little bit of money and, and have um, sort of a, you know average achievement, that becomes your standard. Right. If you hang around people who are really entrepreneurial and who are risk takers and who make things happen or the movers and shakers, that becomes your standard. Sure. Okay, well put. Do you think if you had to identify some turning points in your life, would those be the same as the experiences that have been vital to your development, or would you say there are different turning points? That well, no, I would say they're the same, but of course there's some specific turning points. In, in 1975, um, you know, somebody heard me speak and decided they like what they heard, and they stopped booking me speak everywhere. That was certainly a turning point that opened the door for my professional speaking. In 19 80, somebody heard me speak, um, you know, several times and said, hey, we'd like you to be a consultant for our company. That became the open door for my consulting business. In 1985, a few guys and I started a bank, a local bank. 
that became a turning point for beginning to invest in companies entrepreneurially and and uh, you know today I'm chairman of Great Harvest Bread Company and other things. Right. So these are all turning points that that um, you know if you're if you're open to opportunities and if you're open to suggestions, you know the law of attraction says that what you think about the most sort of begins to come your way and 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 that's predominantly sort of. Uh, what happened to me in business and in life now what what's next for you <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know i mean i am i am where i am and love what i'm doing and this job needs a little while to get it completely fixed and and uh, met, you know mature it and nurture it and nourish it and uh, we have some specific goals to grow the university and of course my other businesses i still have and my children are running the businesses and i give them guidance and I'm chairman of Great Harvest Bread Company and serve on several corporate boards, New York Stock Exchange companies. And um, so I got plenty on my, on, my, um, on my list of things to do. And, you know, life is not about jumping from one thing to another. If you're really open-minded, what you find is that you're capable of creating passion, excitement, and, and fun, even, um, even in areas where, um, you know, maybe repeating but but you're doing it differently. You're approaching it differently because it is uh, you know what shall I say? It's it's you're open-minded to uh, to new opportunities and 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 you're willing to tackle issues from different perspectives. Sure. What about if you had to give some advice to aspiring leaders? What would that be? I would say um, follow your passion. Okay. Uh, and and have a clear vision of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly uh, uh, define a solid strategy for how you're going to do it. Okay. Employ practical systems in doing it. And whatever you do, uh, commit yourself to uh, to consistent execution. Gotcha. What about? If you had to choose a most admired leader or a few of them, who would they be and why? Well, let's see. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale would be somebody I have admiration for because he was a positive thinker and because he taught the world to become positive in their thinking. Okay. Is, is there any metaphor or story or analogy that you have for leadership that kind of in, encapsulates or something? Well, there's a fish in Japan called koi, K-O-I. Okay. You put a koi fish in a fish ball, you give it all the food and water you want to give it, it never grows to more than about two inches in size. Mm. But if you take the koi fish out of the fish ball and you throw it in a pond somewhere, the koi fish grows to about a foot in size. And the moral of the story simply is that the koi fish grows proportionately to the environment in which it lives. And so leaders understand this this premise and this principle and create for others the kind of environment that in which and through which and by which they're willing to excel and to grow and to be nurtured and nourished and so on. Oh, that's a terrific analogy. I like that. What do you think are the traits that are most important in a leader? Uh, number one, I think trust. A leader who's capable of uh, of creating trust, people trusting you. Um, number two, obviously, is uh, authority. 
authority not as in being authoritarian, but authority as in um, developing competence, which then leads to confidence, which then leads to authority. People want to follow a leader of authority. They don't want to follow someone who has no authority. And so um, um, that would be a, an important one. Uh, I think a third one, of course, is um, perseverance, the capacity to stick it out even when things get really tough. And the most important one, in my opinion, in leaders, is the, is the ability to help others become all they can become. Is there any specific technique or tactic that you would recommend that leaders should utilize in order to achieve that fourth and most important one? Well, I think the most important thing is to listen to others so that one can decipher, really, people's strengths and weaknesses. Um... Don't be a problem solver. Be a solution finder. Mm. Uh, try to solve an issue once and for all. Um, and be an encourager. Help people to know that you trust their judgment and that you encourage them to make decisions, even if the decisions are wrong, to encourage them to keep on keeping on. Okay. Great. What can organizations do to encourage leaders or, conversely, to stifle leaders? Well, I think, I think number one is to have an open-door policy to allow uh, people to connect with each other and to communicate with each other, however, whenever. Okay. Uh, number two, to allow for a growing environment you know, having uh, things like uh, professional development budget, encourage people to learn and grow continually. Okay. Uh, number three, to give people a sense of uh, uh, empowerment so that you can try things on your own, you can do things, and you can start things, and you can experiment with things. Okay. What about... What are the best training programs for leaders that are out there? Oh, gosh, I, I don't know. I would say that uh, all your major universities like Harvard and so on would have leadership institutes. Uh, there is a company called, or is an organization called Center for Creative Leadership. Okay. It's based in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's an excellent place for leaders, for leadership development. Oh, terrific. Um... And let me think what else that comes to my mind right away. Obviously, the National Speakers Association has a long list of experts and consultants on leadership. Okay. Can you think of a time when the limits of your leadership were challenged or tested, and how did you respond to that? Any time that you try to create change in an organization... Uh, the natural human response when someone doesn't understand or someone is afraid is to resist. Sure. So it's natural when you're trying to employ and initiate new policies and new directions, it is only natural that you find that some people resist that. And the way you deal with that is to create a sense of... Uh, uh, is to create within people a sense of understanding, to, to tell them that 
you know, to inform them, to answer the questions, to sit down and talk with them, to understand what they're afraid of, to attempt to remove the resistance not through conflict and through um, uh, authoritarian methods, but rather through understanding and listening, conversing, and dialoguing with people. And when that happens, you find that people unlock their their resistance uh, ways and begin to really cooperate. If you had to, uh, this is actually my favorite question, and it, it's actually probably the most difficult one, but it's the one where we all have a story. What is yours? Is there any story that you can think of that would encapsulate what you are all about, either yourself, your life, your leadership, or you could take that in, in any number of directions, and in any direction is fine. There's well, uh, a story would be uh, the uh, <clears throat> the guy who had a store at the corner of two streets in a in a certain town, and uh, he um, uh, he built this uh, store from small stores to a chain of stores. And he um, um, eventually became a very successful person with a lot of business everywhere. One day he was taken sick to the hospital, and he uh, called all three of his adult children to come into his hospital room. He gave every one of them one dollar, and he asked them to invest this dollar any way they choose to buy something, so that whatever they buy, when they come back that evening to the hospital, Whatever they buy with that dollar can fill this room from corner to corner. Mm. But, of course, they all went, spent their dollars. One fellow bought a, uh, uh, some hay, bales of hay, and took those bales of hay and, and uh, threw it up in the sky. And, and momentarily, the room was full, but, of course, the hay fell on the floor. And the daddy said, no, sir. Um, the second one went down to Sears and Roebuck and bought a pillow made with, with feathers. And... Um, and, of course, again, momentarily the room was full, but eventually the feathers all fell down, and the daddy said, no, sir. And, um, and the third one uh, went down to a store similar to the one that they had years ago, and he bought two items. Uh, well, actually, he took a dollar, and he asked the guy to give him uh, some currency, some coins. He said, um, you know, he took 50 cents of the, the dollar and he invested in something very worthwhile, just like the Bible says, invest in talents. He took 20 cents of his, of his dollar and he gave it to his uh, uh, place of worship. He took 10 cents, gave it to the Boy Scouts of America, and 10 cents gave it to the Girl Scouts of America, and that left him 10 cents, one dime. He took the dime and he went back to the store and he bought two items. One is a matchbook. One is a little candle, and he took this candle, and he uh, uh, he lit it up with a match, with a match, struck a match, lit up the candle, and the room was filled from corner to corner, not with hay, not with feathers, but with light. Mm. And so, somehow, in some small way, I hope that whatever I do and whoever I do it with will light the path, so others can travel down the highways and byways of life and and uh, have lives of significance, but also have, uh, you know, careers of success and, and uh, experiences that are valuable and meaningful. Wow. That's a terrific story. Well, good. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> I like that very much. Wow. That is, t that is wonderful. Uh, there are a few other things for us to get to, but I, I do want to make sure I give you an opportunity if 
what else is there that you'd like to see in a feature about you and leadership? Well, I think just predominantly that leadership is not uh, lessons that you learn, uh, but rather leadership really is more about, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. Mm. I think that's the primary thing that that I would want to get across. Okay. It's it's about it's about being built from the inside out. It's about um, not personal achievement, but about empowering others to become all that they can become. I don't know how old you are, Doctor Cobain, but you you've packed I think a few lives worth. Of <laughs> I don't one. know. I'm 58, born 48. Uh, well, wow, it's it's quite amazing what you've achieved in your life. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's It's been a, a great pleasure for me to speak with you. Well, it's my pleasure to speak with you, Brian. Best wishes with all your continued pursuits, and I'll look forward to following on the Internet your progress over the next few years, and I've, I can only imagine what's next. Well, thank you so much. 